This series gives you a direct line to the pinnacle traders. We're covering everything from when the odds are initially posted to looking at how the market might react. This is the opening line. We're another week down in the NFL season and we're now moving on to week 12. The odds have hit the board at Pinnacle, so it's time to run through those numbers and try and assess where the market might move throughout the week. Back again to help us look at the early lines is Adam Chernoff. How are you, Adam? Doing well, Ben. We left uh, some listeners hanging a little bit last week, so we'll make up for it this week with this episode and then the midweek one on Thursday. I know. I'm back, refreshed, good to go. How was week 11 for you? Uh, week 11 had a ton of optimism after the early games and ended in probably the most disappointing fashion of any week. So uh, pretty well a wash overall for we me. We can get positive about week 12 and, and we'll move straight on to our first game. Let's do it. We've got Indianapolis Colts at the Houston Texans. Houston were posted at minus four here, the over under at 46 and a half. It seems like this one is primed for some reaction from the market as the Colts, they got a 20-point win against the Jaguars and the, the Texans were beat up 41-7 to by the Ravens. We've already seen half a point come off the handicap, so what's your initial reaction here and, and can you see that spread dropping any lower? I think it's going to be difficult to see it go too much lower. I think three and a half is probably the floor here just because Indianapolis is dealing with a ton of key injuries, potentially... Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell. They've got the two wide, two best wide receivers starting running back. Uh, just a lot of issues going on uh, in the Colts health-wise. So, and just from like a true power rating perspective, I don't think the market's really going to buy into any adjustment that suggests that these two teams are even on a neutral field, which is where we're getting if it goes anywhere lower than the three and a half. So probably the floor there. And then this is a total... Below the key number of 47 is where it opened at 46 and a half. So seeing that the initial move is sort of leaning towards the under, I probably see this total shorten up just a little bit between now and Thursday afternoon. And now we've got the Miami Dolphins at the Cleveland Browns and Cleveland's have been, Cleveland have been listed here as an 11 point favorite and the, the points total at 44 and a half. In the early part of the season, we saw some interest in Miami at those big numbers. And do you think that's something we'll see more of the same of in this one? Well, I I think it looks a lot different with Miami now. Uh, There was a lot of, I guess, promise when Ryan Fitzpatrick came in about five weeks ago now. We saw him with some fantastic plays. The Dolphins went on a bit of a cover streak. But last week really illustrated the issues that they have on offense. And it's something we'll be able to break down further in the midweek show. But um, the loss of some key receivers has really limited what Fitzpatrick does and how this offense moves. And we saw them really struggle against the Bills. A um, bit of a similar matchup here on the road in Cleveland. So I'm not surprised to see this side this high. Uh, this is a Cleveland Browns team that's slowly, despite the controversy that's coming along with them, um, slowly starting to gain back some market support that we haven't seen since the early part of the season. So spread here probably justified Interesting move with this total potentially coming down to the key number of 44, which I'm not entirely too sure I agree with at this moment, but still a little bit of work to do today and tomorrow before some decisions are made here. But initially, I'm sort of leaning towards the over. So the under move a bit surprising to me this early. And do you think that you mentioned the side there? Is that kind of a a kind of appreciation for the Browns maybe recovering? Is it the Dolphins dropping off or is it kind of just a, a mix of both of those? I think it's both, and if we dig into the box scores, going back as far as 
pretty well that New England game. The Browns have put together four really impressive performances in a row, and two of them did not result in a cover uh, against the Pats, as well as you can put the Broncos game in there, too, where they ran 30 more plays than the Broncos. But um, the Browns, despite all their issues, they continue to put up some pretty promising numbers. So, again, they're winning games in really, really weird fashion. If they can ever click, uh, they can certainly put up a lot of points in a hurry. So this is a spot where I think, like you mentioned, it's a bit of both, where the Browns still getting some support within the market, and now the Dolphins starting to see a little bit of selling um, of their price. And if anyone does want to read those box scores in more detail or, or needs help with that, I think there's a, a great article on Pinnacle now, Adam, isn't there? Yeah, I went through just the six or seven step process that I do for each game. So I just illustrated the step-by-step process. I think it can help a lot of people evaluate the games. That's up online as of yesterday. I shared the link on Twitter, but on the Pinnacle articles, there's a link that you can find too. Next up, we've got Denver Broncos at the Buffalo Bills, and the trades have posted the Bills here at minus five for this one. Apparently could have gone a little bit higher. They posted a very low over-under at 36.5. The Broncos were looking okay until the fourth quarter collapse against the Vikings. Do you think that's still fresh in the memory of betters here at those numbers? I think certainly to an extent, and you, it was interesting you sent that note over and I was trying to decipher whether that meant that that was a spot where they're potentially taking the Broncos a little bit low because they know that the Bills are going to be the liability side pretty much regardless of what number is posted if it's less than a touchdown or if that meant that the Bills were short and they probably should have been higher towards that seven. And I think sort of after thinking it over a little bit here as we record, my assumption is that they probably went a little bit shorter with the Denver Broncos on the point spread just because the total is so low at 36 and a half, which is the lowest number we've seen all season. So when you're dealing with a total that's really lower than the um, sort of starting point for key totals, which is 37, we're seeing 36 and a half, a, a six and a half going into 36 and a half looks very different than if we're talking about any total within the 40s. That becomes pretty significant um, in how many scores are anticipated within the game. So I would think that just from the risk perspective, it has a little bit to do with that, which is why the point spread was shorter. Uh, But this is actually a pretty positive handicap for Denver all around when we look for how this plays out on the field. That's one we'll get into definitely on the midweek podcast in a lot of detail. But um, some really good matchups. I think this is Buffalo off a big win against Miami and the Broncos throwing away that lead, which really became the focal point of the highlights for the games yesterday, especially the talking points of the 1 p.m. start. So um, this is a spot where I think it's maybe still a little bit inflated just because of the matchup, and we'll see people buying into that and reading through a bit of the noise here and backing Denver in the early part of the week. All right, so we'll move on. And next we've got Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Steelers were initially posted at minus six and a half, but quickly dropped to minus six. But is now buying into that number, so it could go back where it started pretty soon. The over-under, meanwhile, is on 39 and a half after it saw some early action at 40. Do you think there'll be enough interest in this one to see those numbers move around before Sunday? It's tough. It, this is really going to be a bit of a divide between sort of the numbers community and then what we're seeing on field. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals without Andy Dalton are a significant step back. And I don't think it's unreasonable to have them power rated as the worst team in the NFL without Dalton. Um, So it's not a surprise to see this number this large. But then you look on field, you're dealing with the Steelers' offensive issues. But how much of those issues get compounded this week with 
no starting center, potentially missing wide receiver number one and two, as well as running back number one. We saw what happened to the Steelers late in the game against the Browns when all those injuries occurred. Um, Mason Rudolph having trouble moving it as it is. So I'm looking at this six, and I certainly can't really get involved with Pittsburgh at this price. Um, but you have to look at just the numbers perspective. And from any sort of ratings, unless you're really down on Pittsburgh, uh, your ratings are probably going to put out a price that says you should go ahead and bet Pittsburgh here. So it, it, it's a bit of a divide here and probably not one I ultimately get interested in. But I think six between six and seven makes sense. I know it's a bit of a big range to say with um, how significant those two numbers are. Uh, but I think that's where we sort of get locked into here. And this is probably a total at 40, not too much interest in either offense or any support within the market. So will probably see this total come down from 40 and get into the high 30s. The Oakland Raiders and the New York Jets is our next game. We've got Oakland at minus three and a half and the over-under on 47 points. It seems like this one from the early action could maybe make its way down to the flat three with the total creeping up a little bit. Um, the Jets have kind of got a bit of a roll going on after a, maybe a lucky charm visited the MetLife Stadium. Uh, is there any chance that the market's simply buying into those recent results or do you think this is just a, a difficult one to work out with, with two poor teams taking part? Well, I think betters absolutely have to buy into the fact that since I went to the game, they've won both of them. So that's obviously something that has to keep being accounted well, a, for. <laughs> as a note from the traders here, Adam, it says the, the Jets have got a definite lucky charm. So it must I, be true. It's, and now Gase gets the extension. Everything's starting to click. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. At three and a half, it seems a little bit large. And I think we started to see some of the... I, I knew it was disguised, but I, I want to say some of the old mistakes that we saw from the Raiders, but they did a very good job of playing it off at the end of the game. Uh, but that was really probably the worst performance that Oakland's put forth the entire season against the Bengals at home. Just silly errors, whether it's being not able to score from the one yard line, red zone turnovers, a lot of penalties and bad situations. It's, it's not a very good matchup against the New York Jets who have now moved into the number one spot in rushing defense, which is where the Raiders have really started to focus their game planning around. So it, it's a tough matchup to see them laying three and a half on the road. So I do think that this gets to a flat three and there's some interest in the Jets. Uh, Total-wise, 47, right on the key number. I think it comes off, but I'll be interested to see how long it might last um, if it gets into like the 46, 45 range coming off of this 47, because I do think that with both teams forced to throw, if they want to move the ball, there's probably some success here against two very weak secondaries. And then we've got the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. And any regular listens to this, listeners to this know that our traders have rated the Panthers higher than the market on a couple of occasions, but that seems to have flipped a bit here. They opened the Saints at minus nine and a half, but betters were straight on that, and it's already down to minus eight and a half. A point has also come off the total already after it opened up at 48. So what are your thoughts on this one? Is the market moving the right way on the Panthers, do you think? So with nine less, or nine is worth a little less than 2%. So in terms of NFL betting, it's even lower than that recently. Um so it's really an irrelevant number that this has moved across. If we're looking at 9.5 minus 105 versus 8.5 minus 120, we're essentially talking about the same price. So I'm not putting too much stock into this movement yet. Um, and I think sort of focusing on the 9 is something important for betters because we see 9.5, 9 quite a bit. That's a popular number. 
to sort of put games out of teaser range. Uh, if you see a move from nine and a half to eight and a half, it might read a little bit more than it actually shows. And so I think that's a bit of a case here. Um, Carolina may be a bit unfortunate to run into the Falcons defense, which I say with a lot of sarcasm, uh, three turnovers inside the five yard line, three interceptions thrown. So that game could have looked a lot different. The saints, I just, I'm not there yet with them. And this Drew Brees arm issue is something that amazingly his personality is preventing from being talked about throughout the press widespread. He one hopped about three or four different passes to receivers and was unable to throw anything to the opposite sideline off of the far hash mark. So there's serious arm strength issues with Drew Brees right now that I worry sort of hinders this team going forward. But uh, matchup wise, this is a game that sets up pretty well for the Saints. So it'll be a stay away from me. But I think we see maybe some interest on Carolina at this number, especially if this nine and a half uh, turns into a 10. I don't think that will last long, but I think that this is probably the highest we'll see the Saints rated uh, unless there's some injury news that comes out for Carolina. And with this game sitting on the key total of 47, maybe some room to move down, but nothing too significant. We might just see a 46, 46 and a half. So we'll go straight on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. And the Falcons have been posted as the favourites here. They were minus four and a half, but it's down to minus four. The over-under opened at a pretty big 54. And only only a couple of hours later, we've seen people take the under and drop it down to 52. So is that a move that makes sense to you? Do you think we'll see the handicap move around anymore this week? It makes sense to me because I think that it's a setup. And I think this is the exact same market we saw a couple of weeks ago with Tampa Bay, Arizona. That one opened 54 and a half. It got bet down between Sunday afternoon and Wednesday morning, all the way to the key number of 51. And then there was an immediate U-turn that took that price back up to 53 and a half. And then it sort of settled the rest of the week. But that midweek move was really the true move within that market. So we're seeing the exact same numbers here opened above 54. Now it's down to 52 and I don't see this stopping until it gets to 51 or 51 and a half. So it's very much the same market people. It's difficult to buy into the Atlanta Falcons defense. I know they've put up some great numbers, uh, but if you really dive into it, there's a lot of holes and a lot of luck in what they've done. Despite the coaching changes, really not much has changed from the scheme. So uh, that coupled with the Jameis Winston errors, which, again, very much luck dictative uh, in how some of those interceptions are falling. So I do think that this is a total that comes down a little bit further. Uh, but I think the true position here is going to be on the over. And when you say a setup, are you talking about maybe sharp money dropping that number down early in the week and then the the limit's going up and bam, it, it jumps up straight away. 100%. Right, so our next game, Detroit Lions at the Washington Redskins. And this is probably one of the more interesting moves so far. Our, our traders felt like this was easy to make a case for Detroit when they opened them up at minus two and a half. And since then, we've seen them move through the three and now settle at minus three and a half. All the action has been on the handicap and it seems the over-under is still on 41 and a half that it opened at and, and pretty stable. So... What are you thinking here? Too late to bind to Detroit? Is is that a move that makes sense? Uh, the move absolutely made sense from two and a half up to three, and then probably even at three buying into the Lions. At three and a half, this game starts to look a lot different. 
and you get into the case where you're looking at a rookie quarterback making a start on the road, favored by three and a half, which is implying that this team is probably just shy of a touchdown better than the Washington Redskins on a neutral field, who also starting a rookie quarterback, but also have a lot of issues within their offense. I'd say that this move is really just um, two parts, a fade of the Washington rookie quarterback situation, not only the Redskins running the ball at an absurdly high rate, which is proving to be wildly inefficient, um, but they're also struggling to move the ball when passing with Haskins. There's just a lot of issues. There was talk about him not being ready at the beginning of the season, and there was a really a big push for him to sit the entire season, and now he's taking over control of this team, and it's just not coming together. So I think it's a fade of a very poor offense, knowing that the Lions do have um, some key pieces in the secondary, which can match up well against McLaurin and some of these offensive weapons. And then on the other side, it's just Driscoll looking pretty confident against the Cowboys, getting out of the pocket and moving the football downfield with some proven talent on this Lions um, roster, especially out wide at wide receiver that can take advantage of this Redskins secondary. So it, it's a couple of things working together here. The move makes sense, but now at three and a half, uh, a lot more difficult to think about getting involved than it was at two and a half or three. And now we've got Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans, and we seem to have a pretty stable market here with Tennessee at minus three and the over-under on 41.5. Apparently the Titans could have been a bigger favourite, but they're on the three at the moment, so we'll have to see how the market reacts as we get closer to the weekend. Is this one that you have any strong opinions on on those opening odds? I'm thinking about the over. Um, the one thing that worries me is just the pace at which both of these two teams play. There are times against the Colts that, the Jaguars were continuously snapping the ball with two to three seconds left on the play clock for no real apparent reason early in that game when they were trailing. Um, so I think this is a slower moving game. I do think there's a lot of positives for how Tennessee plays on offense, moving it against the weakness of this Jags defense in the middle. Um, so I understand the comment about the Titans potentially being higher. Um I, this total looks like it's going to come down to the key of 41, though. So I'm sort of sitting on the sidelines here. Side very much on the key number of three. I think the side probably comes off of the three and gets to three and a half. But uh, I'll be waiting on the sidelines to see if this total comes down to 41 because then I'm I'm probably interested at looking at some points being scored here. And when, you, when you're sitting on a, on a number to drop or, or to go up, whatever it might be, do, are you putting yourself in someone else's perspective and trying to look at the case that can be made from the other side that might, so you're, you're interested in the over, but are you thinking about like, well, I can see why people might take the under and that's why I'm happy to wait because it could happen. Yeah, 100%. It's all about trying to handicap each game from different perspectives. And as we talked about on the pinnacle articles section, there's a handicapping into buckets article that I wrote about a year and a half ago, uh, which sort of explains the five different, viewpoints that I look at, which are numbers on field information, situation, and then narratives. So you can really make a case for when uh, each game is going to move based on the amount of data within each one of those buckets and which team it supports. Um, so this is this is a side where or a total where I look at it and, and think that there's a lot of support from the narrative, uh, as well as potentially some injury information that might bring this down. Uh, and then it sets up well for potentially looking at an over. So it's, it's consistently evaluating um, which viewpoint is going to dominate when, and, and then just looking for the best timing. So it, it's a it's a lot of work, but absolutely, there's uh, viewpoints of each side accounted for. 
now we've got the Dallas Cowboys at the New England Patriots. This is obviously going to be a, a big game from a betting perspective and one that the, the traders will likely have to deal with a lot of volume later on in the week. Uh, they put the, the Patriots up at minus six and a half and the over-under on 46. The initial reaction from the market suggests that they might be a touch high on the Patriots while the over-under looks pretty solid. Is this one, do you think the traders have got it right? Is it something that you're kind of watching out for later in the week as the the limits go up or is it something that there's going to be a hell of a lot of public money to deal with on this? I th- Well, there's certainly going to be a hell of a lot of public money to deal with on this. Uh, and that's really because there's only two afternoon games scheduled this Sunday and Jacksonville, Tennessee is not going to draw a lot of attention. So really everything that happens in the early slate, which we're dealing with uh, nine different games right now with the change in schedule of Seattle, Philadelphia, there's going to be nine games or the results of nine games rolling directly into this Dallas New England game. Um, so if you are making a case for this, you really have to account for how this game is going to move um, Saturday evening, Sunday morning, and then Sunday afternoon leading up to kickoff to really determine when the best time to enter this is. And usually that sort of dictates favorite and the over. Um, so if you are looking at the underdog and the under, uh, you're probably going to want to wait, but I'm not so sure that this might be the case as we've seen some early Dallas money come in, which is a little bit surprising, um, especially off New England against the Eagles. But I think that that Patriots win was painted a little bit poorly within the narrative. And the Cowboys, of course, we're dealing with two of the most popular teams here, uh, but it's just so easy to make a case for the Dallas Cowboys and some of the numbers they're putting up throwing the football. Um, so on one hand, I, I guess I understand some of the money coming in with Dallas, but I think that it's really early to try and make a true position estimate on this and where this price is ultimately going to move. But I think that it's that it's telling that we're seeing the underdog take money this early, knowing that um, the people betting into this price at this time of the week uh, are probably likely savvy enough to know if they wait a little bit longer, they can get a better price on Sunday. Um, with so much of the betting public interest in backing New England uh, every single week. So it's a bit interesting to see this move early, and I think that that's a little bit telling to this point. I think the total probably quite fair at 46, but we might actually see that come down just a little bit. So I, I think the traders have done a good job so far. I think they've got their work cut out for them, certainly um, onto Sunday. If there's one thing working in their benefit, I guess, is that there's no lack of support for either of these two teams. If this was a case where there was one team like New England facing a team that had very little support leading up to this week, then they're likely to see much more of a divide. Very similar to what we saw last week with Houston-Baltimore, where any time that that game moved off of four and a half, there was interest the other way. And any time it got lower than four, there was interest back the other way. So putting this at six below a key number, it's kind of the case where if it gets any lower than six, there's likely to be interest in the Patriots. If it starts pushing towards seven, we'll see that buyback on Dallas. So it's just sort of a a bit of a forced safe number by the traders, but I think that they're in the right range right now. So now we've got the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers, one that looks like a pretty even matchup based on the odds. 49ers with home field advantage have been posted at minus three on the handicap, and the over-under is currently 45.5. So not enough there to get too much attention from the market at the moment. It looks like the traders have got it spot on. Do you agree with this or is there is there something that we're missing here? I, I don't think there's much that we're missing. I think that this probably draws some over attention and sitting at 45 and a half 
there's really no stopping point until 47. Um, so we might see some resistance at 46 and a half. But I do think this over has some room to work. Uh, San Francisco minus three. They've certainly disappointed betters, myself included, the last two weeks. Uh, but it's going to take a bit of a, a bit of an effort to get this off of the key number of three. So I think the side is pretty solid here at 49ers by a field goal. But I do think that this total will work its way up. Final game, Seattle Seahawks at the Philadelphia Eagles. It looks like another good one. And we're, we've already seen an interesting move with the Eagles going from minus three to minus two. Uh, the over-under has stayed on 49. The traders do appreciate that Seattle have been been playing well but the market thinks that they're even better maybe than than the traders give them credit for so what are your thoughts here i'm a bit torn on this number um i have seattle playing to the highest of their range that they can possibly play to um so i i don't have their sort of base number probably as high as the market but i do have their adjusted number within their range extremely high um but that's the same with philadelphia in terms of where i think that they could play up to um, so I do have these two teams, if they're playing their ideal game and put forward a, one of their better performances, I have these two teams rated pretty close to equal, which would sort of suggest that the Eagles are a little bit short here as I'd be looking closer to Philadelphia minus three. Uh, but with that said, obviously going off of their true number right now of where they are, uh, this number looks a little bit short in favor of Seattle as I have this one closer to a pick just based on where these two teams are right now at the moment. So uh, a little bit stuck on this one right now. I think that we might see this now that it's off of the three. Move closer to pick them. You've got some information. We talked about those five different categories. Obviously, a lot of information in terms of injuries lingering on the Philadelphia Eagles heading into this game. Um, so this is, a, this is a price that might sort of hold today and tomorrow. Uh, but as we see those first injury reports come out on Wednesday, uh, might see this one tick a little bit closer to pick them. So you know, now that it's off the three, it's certainly got some mo- room to move. Um, Total-wise, could see this one hitting 50, uh, but nothing too significant, I don't think, from the total expected on this one. And when you say kind of like Seattle playing at their, their max capacity, how how long do you give teams to be right at that end of where they can be before... Are you expecting a drop-off or is it a case of you have to maybe reassess where those ratings are if they're kind of week in, week out, they're, they're playing to that full ability? Yeah, so to put some context to that, so I'll have all the teams rated from 0 to 100 uh, at their base rating, but then I'll have a low and a high. So I look at teams. I think it's very difficult to put uh, every single team every single week to a very specific price point. And I, I find it a lot easier myself to say, if a team puts forward an average effort, here's what they are, but they can play up to this level and down to this level. So to put it in perspective right now, I have Seattle at an 85 out of 100 as their true rating, but the high of their range is an 85. So they're playing up to the highest level that I think they can play to right now. The Eagles, on the other hand, I have them at a 75, which is their lowest uh, but I think that if they put forward their best effort, they can play up to a 90. So that really helps me with my handicapping where I'm saying, how does this matchup line up? And what do I think the likelihood of either of these teams putting forward a poor average or great effort is? And then that sort of lets me dial into where the point spread is. And so just looking at this matchup, I think it's one that ends up quite neutral. Um, so that's why I tend to lead, uh, lean a little bit more towards my neutral numbers. 
rather than looking at either the high or the low for either of these two teams. So it, with every game, I'll have sort of three different point spreads, depending on how I think that the teams can play each other out and how they match up. And then I just look to where the best fit is within my ratings for that. Well, some some great insight into your approach, and hopefully we'll hear, hear a little bit more about that later in the week because we're, we're done for today. But as I said, we'll be back back later to preview those games and, and take a look at the details of those matchups and see how the games might play out. I appreciate your time, Adam, and I look forward to chatting to you in a couple of days. Chat with you on Thursday. And thanks to everyone for listening. If you want to get involved in the early action, then head over to pinnacle.com. If you want to wait and hear more from us to help inform your predictions, then tune in later in the week for the preview episode of The Opening Line. Good luck with any bets, and remember to always gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly.